From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. We're delighted to be with you on this Friday and looking forward to some good things as we look into the Word of God. We've been doing a series of messages on the nature of salvation, talking about really what salvation is and the benefits that we have because we have salvation. And I think I'm helping to make some things clear, and I hope you'll stay with me today because we're going to talk about the word adoption, We're going to talk about the word forgiveness and the word justification. Those terms are a part of a series of words the Bible uses to tell us what all we have in salvation. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Let me announce that this being Friday, we're looking right into the weekend, and I'm scheduled this weekend to be at the Franklin Furnace Baptist Church in Franklin Furnace, Ohio. That's down in the very southern tip of Ohio. I'll be there Sunday morning and Sunday night, and also then on Monday, I'll be at the First Baptist Church of Chesapeake, Ohio. These two churches are working together on these meetings, and they're there close together, and we'll be at the Chesapeake Church on Monday night. So I hope if you live anywhere in that area that you'll plan to be with us for these meetings. And let me encourage you as well to be sure to be in church come Sunday Wherever that you are, if you're a long distance from us or a long distance from our meetings there in southern Ohio, plan to be in church wherever that you are. You'll be blessed by so doing. Now let's get right to our study today. We're looking at the matter of salvation because a lot of folks are really mixed up when it comes to understanding what salvation is. Some folks claim to be Christians, and yet they would not tell you that they're saved. And actually, salvation the matter of the new birth, all of that has to come into play here. Otherwise, we just do not have what it means to be a Christian. Now, the Bible uses a number of terms, and I've identified 24 of them that we're looking at to describe exactly what the Bible tells us about salvation. Let's look today at the word adoption. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, the Bible says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, that word adoption also appears in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5, where it talks about the fact that we have been predestined to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So here again, and I make note of the fact the term predestined is used there. Predestination in the Bible is not a matter of somebody being elected or somebody not being elected, but it has to do with what happens to us after we are saved, what God determines that he wants to do with us after we're saved. And in this case, the word adoption tells us that we have status as a child of God. We're born again, and then also we have this privilege of adoption. Now, I understand when you and I, in our normal terms out in the world, we talk about birth, that's one thing. We talk about adoption, that's another. And for us, it's like, well, you're either birthed into a family or you get adopted into the family. Well, in Bible terms, both terms fit every one of us who are saved. We are birthed into the family of God, and then the Lord uses this term adoption to describe for us the position that we have as sons. 
We know because it is a compound word in the Greek New Testament. Huyas means son, and thesis means a placing. Now, it's not about getting into the family of God when we talk about adoption, but it's about our status inside the family of God that is to be noted here. In the Schofield Bible, you may want to see that in reference to the Ephesians passage that I quoted, Schofield very correctly says, the believer's relation to God as a child results from the new birth, whereas adoption is the act of God whereby one already a child is through the redemption from the law placed in the position of an adult son. So that is what we have in relation to adoption. It's a great thing that we not only are born into the family, we're babes in Christ, but then we get status as though we are an adult. He gives us great privilege just to be in the family of God. Now, the second term I want us to look at today is the term forgiveness. This concept is something you will find throughout the Bible. The Bible starts even in the Old Testament talking about forgiveness. For example, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Lord is just saying, I can clean it up for you. And whenever we get to the New Testament, we begin to see this concept. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, If ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And then in Acts 13, be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, talking about Jesus, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Romans chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. So what is this business of forgiveness? It means that our sins have been remitted. It means that we have been released from the penalty of our sin. It means that the Lord has pardoned us so that we're no longer held accountable for something that we did that was wrong. The Bible goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 1, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now, listen, you and I do not deserve forgiveness. We do not deserve any of these things that God does for us. But the fact is the Lord made a sacrifice. He made a payment for us through the blood of Christ, and that makes possible our forgiveness, and it's done according to the riches of His grace. God is so good to us because He provides for us what we do not deserve. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14 says, "...in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins." So, dear friends, the Lord has made a great provision for us, and He does it and does it thoroughly. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12 says, "...for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more." Can you imagine that? God promises in forgiveness when when he forgives you, he promises to remember no more. That is, he promises to forget about it. He'll not hold you accountable. He'll not charge you with those sins. I'm telling you, it's a pretty exciting thing to contemplate, to realize that although we are all sinners and we all have sinned, but yet the Lord saves us anyway, and when he does, he forgives us and sets our record straight. He makes it clean once again. Now, there's another term that goes right along with this, and it's the term justification. 
This term justification is a very, very powerful term. If you look it up in an English dictionary, they will tell you that it means to show something to be right. That is, you make a case and then, well, it's like you justify what you're trying to say about it. In the Bible, justification means to declare to be right, to declare to be just, even though we're sinners. It means the guilty get declared to be free. They get declared to be innocent. It's like if you were accused of a crime and went before the judge, and even if you said, I am totally guilty, the judge would look at you and say, but I'm going to set you free. I'm going to declare you to be innocent, declare you to be right. And that's exactly what God does for us in justification. He justifies us even though we are guilty. And we are. We are totally guilty because we're sinners, but God declares the person who puts their faith in Christ to be innocent, to be forgiven, to be pardoned. Let's look at it in the Bible. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 39, the Bible says, And by him all that believe are justified from all things. That means that there is not a single sin that you've ever committed that God does not cover when he justifies you. Some of you may have terrible memories. You may have guilt hanging over you. You may be looking at some of the things that you've done in the past or even that you're doing right now, and you realize how terribly wrong that it is. I'm telling you, dear friend, bring it to the Lord. Bring it to him. Let him justify you. Let him forgive you. Let him save you and birth you into the family and give you status in his family as he adopts you in. Now, Romans chapter 3 goes on to tell us, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Too many people are trying to do good and trying to do this and trying to do that in order to appease God and to please God and hopeful maybe that somehow their good will outweigh their bad. Dear friend, that's not the way it works. You and I need to come by faith, put our trust in the crucified and risen Christ. And when we do, this passage tells me that the Lord justifies us. Romans chapter 4 and verse 5 says, To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. That simply means even if you don't have a single good thing to offer, you are not coming in and offering what you can give, but instead you're coming and laying all of your burden, all of your life, all of your sin, everything is placed at the feet of Jesus, and you're trusting him to save you, to forgive you, and to get you on to heaven one day. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1 uses the term again when it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What a powerful statement. I hope you'll underline that one in your Bible. That fifth chapter of Romans, verse number 9, tells us, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The 18th verse in that chapter also says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Dear friends, I'm telling you, this comes freely. The Bible says right there, a free gift. And you know, we look at all of the things that's gone on in life, and you say, but my, you just can't imagine some of the things that I've been into, or some of the things that my friend that I'd like to see saved that he's into. Well, listen, let me tell you, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, after giving a long list of just terrible things, it says about them, and they were far from perfect, that Corinthian church. He says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, 
but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So listen, dear friends, you think about that. Even though a person has a horrible track record, they can come to Christ, they can start over. God is the God of the second chance, the third chance. He's the God of the impossible, somebody who has gone, I mean, down deep into the trash pit of the world. Nonetheless, God can extricate them from that pit. He can bring them up, set their feet on solid rock, and make a totally new creature out of them. And that's why this verse says, some of you were like that but you're washed. You've been made clean. That's a good Bible term. You've been washed, made clean. It's not talking about baptism, but it's talking about just the cleansing of your soul. And he says, you're washed, you're sanctified, meaning you have been set apart. The Lord will pull you away from all of that old wicked lifestyle, and he will give you something brand new. And he says, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. One more verse here, Titus chapter 3 and verse 7 says that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Remember, we've talked about that term heirs, being an heir and a joint heir with Christ. Well, listen, we are justified so we have the opportunity to get in on whatever God has for us in time and eternity. Folks, now I know I've gone through these very quickly, but I've got a number of these, and I want to do two or three of them every day now this next week until we do all of them because I want you to see and understand the nature of salvation. I want you to see how big it is, how important it is, and how major it ought to be in your life. Thank you for letting me talk to you about this, and I trust if you don't have it settled that you'll write me a note and let me know because I'd love to help you. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133, or the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. If you have a question or any way that we can be supportive, we thank you for writing. Get in touch. God bless you. It's been great to be with you today. Have a great weekend ahead now, and we'll see you right back here Monday at this time on this station. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now. Thank you.